But I'm going to be a little bit different. Uh, what I want to do is I want to go back. When the church started, they tried to find a, again, the Bible was an essential part of this, so they went to the Bible to figure out what you're supposed to do for church. And they found themselves in the book of Acts. In the books of Acts, chapter 2, what happens is a, a bunch of people, 3,000 that we know of, come to Christ. And they get baptized. And they're serious about their Christianity. And so later in Acts chapter 2, it tells us what was happening with this group of people. And so when they were putting together the church and organizing it and stuff like that, they used Acts chapter 2, verse 42 as the key verse for everything we do here. And so I want to walk through that this morning with all of you because I want us all to be on the same page. So Acts 2, verse 42, and here's what it says. Uh, and they continued, oh, I'll let you guys get up. And they, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That was the first thing. <clears throat> um, the word teaching has this academic sense. It has this idea of uh, um, taking the word of God, understanding it, knowing it, embracing it. Uh, it has this, uh, th- this idea of, of really finding out what is taught here. The actual Greek word is a word that means what is taught. What's, what's the, key cent- the, the key focus? What's the central passage? What is it you're trying to, to get out of it? Um, and in, in some of your versions, it'll say, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And some of you, your versions may have that. Don't let that scare you. Do- we all have doctrine. Doctrine is just simply what you believe and, and the way you live your life. But notice it says um, they, they devoted themselves to it. It was the idea that this wasn't just a passing thing for them. They genuinely sought out what does God say, not, does what, not what does the denomination say, not what does my tradition say, not what does my past, what, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible really say? And um, that's what they embraced. And when this church started and a central point to this church will always be Bible teaching and preaching. And we will not apologize for it. We will not apologize that that takes up on Sunday a majority of our time. We will not apologize for the fact that if you come here, you're going to hear a Bible a lot. Because that's what we're about. You have to understand, when this was written, they didn't have a Bible, so to speak, in the New Testament. All they had was the teachings of the apostles and the Old Testament. And so they embraced that, and they, they, they'd studied it, and they searched it, and they did everything they could to find out, what does God say? How does God want us to do this? And, and, and so often when we struggle with stuff, that's what we come down to. And that has profound implications for us as believers. And here's what it means. It means that we believe that the Bible is understandable. I genuinely believe that anyone who wants to understand it can understand it. And so I work really hard, and I have a board that supports me to give me time to work hard to try to make the Bible understandable each week. But it's not enough to just understand it. It's also practical. If it doesn't change the way we do things tomorrow and the next day and this week, then in all honesty, we're wasting our time. So this church was found on the idea of what does the Bible say because that tells me what I should do and now I need to go do what the Bible says. And that's a big part of what we're about. So, so you, know, it, it, you know, we will take anybody as they are, but we will not and we, will not, and we do not expect everybody to stay where they are. Why? Because we believe the Bible changes your life. 
And we believe the Bible should change your life. And we believe that you should be closer to Christ this year than you were last year. And we're going to work hard for all of us to do that, myself included. It's not something that we just want to run around and go, okay, yeah, you know, we memorize books of the Bible. We know books of the Bible. We execute or exegete books of the Bible. That's not enough. You know, my favorite professor always used to drive into our heads. You know, he said, God wants soft hearts, not fat heads. (laughs) And by the way, this is a guy who had memorized books of the Bible. He could quote books of the Bible. And he got saved later in life. He was a, he was a demolitions expert for the military. Pfft, you'd think you'd be a Christian with that. But he got saved after that, <laughs> through that, started growing, realized the best way to grow was to memorize the Word of God. And he memorized it. And this guy could rattle off, I mean, obscure chapters. He would memorize. He had a Bible memory program where he memorized every single day. And it was phenomenal. He was phenomenal to learn from. And, he, and here's a guy, if anybody could say God wants you to know the book, he could say it. But he said, God wants you to practice the book, to do the book. It's not enough just to know it. And that's what we believe. We believe that it's complete. We don't need to add anything to it. Like we've been going through in Colossians. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. And that's why we try to keep the focus where we do. He goes on and he says, and to fellowship. They named it Holly Springs because that's where it was. Bible, because that's what we do. Fellowship, because that's what we do. Fellowship is very important to us. And let me just get on my hobby horse and then I'll try to get off. Some of you have stopped fellowshipping. Because you've become so busy, you're missing out on what real fellowship was designed to be. And I understand you've got to cut out for t- when, when there's church things. Fine, I get that. That happens. But get together during the week with another believer. Take them to lunch, invite them over to your house. That's essential. In fact, it's interesting because the word in the New Testament for church um, is the word ekklesia. That's not the word used here. The word used here is a, is a Greek word called koinea, and it has the idea of this unique bond of sharing, of being together, of working together, of cooperating together. Because you see, in the early church, when you became a Christian, your family disowned you in a lot of cases. Business people stopped doing business with you. You lost income. You lost, you lost connections. You lost everything. And, it, and the church would come together and they'd say, oh, you know, Joe just became a Christian here. And Joe, you know, now his boss fired him and now his family has disowned him. Joe needs a place to stay this week. And somebody in the church would go, come on over to stay with me. And Joe needs to get on his feet. And some other Christian would say, hey, Joe, come on, you can work for me for a little bit. I, I can't hire you for five days, but I can hire you for one day. And the church used to do that. And, and, and so fellowship, koinea, became so important. That's why we try to get together. In fact, Hebrews says, you know, don't forsake the, the assembling of yourselves together. Get together because the more difficult the day comes, the more you need this. But it involves an idea of a need for others, of looking past yourself. And we get so wrapped up in our own lives. That's why, you know, I, I mean, we're doing the fellowship today, which is great. And, but one, we're not just doing it to eat. Everybody's going to eat today somewhere. We want to eat together. 
We want to do it together. Because it, it, it helps us get to know one another. Otherwise, we're just a faith. I, we went to the expense of the directory. Not, look, we don't have to do that. But you know why we did it? Because we don't want you to walk in here and not know a name with a face. That's one of the reasons I did the slides the way I did them. I wanted you to look at the 92-plus families that are here and go, I don't know that family, I don't know that family, I don't know that family, I don't know that family. Then fix it. Because we're a fellowship. We're not just a church. It's not a social club. It goes much deeper than that. And as we're getting larger, I can't take care of everybody. So what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to pitch in and help the person next to you. You get in over your head or it gets to and then call me. But there's, you know, I don't need to go on every hospital visit. You can go. I don't need to know about, I mean, I, I would like to know about everything that's going on. But not necessarily so it dumps on my shoulders. No, no, we fellowship. And I love it when I hear stuff about, yeah, you know, did you know so-and-so's in a house? No, 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 well, don't worry about it. So-and-so visited them every day. Awesome. Awesome. That's the way we ought to be, you know? I had somebody, you know, they were trying to do a surprise party for, for somebody, you know, and somebody came up and said, hey, did you know they got such and such planned that night? And I'm like, no, but that's great that you know about that because that means you're connecting with them during the week. That's the way it ought to be. We carry one another. Look, this church was founded on the idea of, of carrying some really heavy burdens for one another. That's koinea. That's fellowship. That's what God wants us to do. And I get it. We all got our stuff going on. But trust me, when somebody passes away, your stuff's not important anymore. And you look back at all the missed opportunities you had to be together. Don't live your life that way. Don't live your life with those kind of regrets. And you know, the thing is, as hard as it was to lose my buddy this, this uh, you know, a couple, month or so ago, now, I have to tell you, I have no regrets. I have no regrets that we didn't spend enough time together. I have no regrets that I didn't get closer. I have no regrets that, you know, that, that you know, we didn't get to do this together or that together. Because we did. Because we made it a priority. That's the reason it hurts so much. Because it, they were such a big part, Doug was such a big part of my life. But that's what koinea is all about. That's what fellowship really is. And that's why when one of us goes in a hospital or one of us is going through something, we all go through it. It's the way it should work. If we don't know one another, it can't be that way. And that's why that is, that is so important. It involves unity. It involves going, you know what, it's not about what I want. not about my stuff. It's about your stuff. And that's one of the things that I love about this church. A majority of the people that come here don't come here to get. They come here to give. They come here to find out a need of somebody else in this church today to pray for, to encourage, or to call, or to email, or to text, or to stop by and visit this week. That's the way it ought to be. I love the fact that sometimes I don't get home till 1 o'clock. 
because I try to be the last one out of the building. You go, why? I don't know. You know, I think part of it's I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Because there's some pretty bizarre stuff that happens after like 1130, you know, 12 o'clock. I mean, there's, you know, you don't know. There's been football games in here. There's been, you know, there's been some pretty wild stuff, you know. You know, we have video cameras, so, you know, we, we have it recorded. But, I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things where, but the reason I'm not is because people are fellowshipping. It's the way it ought to be. It's the way it ought to be. That's the way it started. That's what we want to continue. That's what we don't want to lose. That's what we've had, you know. And I mean, you know, some of you, you know, some of you were like, you know, oh, I wish I would have known. You know, yesterday we met, a couple of us on Wednesday night decided to meet Saturday morning to cut onions. Just a handful of us, you know. And you know what I see on Facebook? Oh, I wish I would have known. Oh, I wish I would have known. Oh, I wish I would have known. We cut onions. (laughs) But I get it. I get it, because we had a blast cutting onions. I mean, you know, we got people crying, and we got people doing, you know, we got people walking away, and we got, we had fun, because I'm convinced, you know, I'm convinced, we don't need to spend a lot of money, we could just get this group together in a room, and we'll have a ball. That's the way it ought to be. That's what we want. That's what we want. Prayer. They continue steadfastly in prayer. Prayer is not just something we send out every week. Not just a list that we run through. It's essential to who we are. And many a time this church has gotten together and prayed and begged God for stuff. One of the things that we learned when we were building the building is is there were some times that we started getting short with each other. And here's why. This is what we learned. We would, we would come in, the ladies would come in, and they would make food for us, and we didn't want to stop the work because the work was so important. <laughs> and so we would tell people, look, just go back and grab something to eat when you could, when you can. So a guy would be working on something, he'd get a break, he'd go back and eat, and somebody else would go back, and another guy would go back, and somebody would eat. And we found ourselves getting short and short and short. Here's what we found. We were so focused on the work that we missed what was important. And so we changed it about halfway through building this building. And we decided that we would take one point, we would shut everything down, we would have a word of prayer, and then we would eat together. And it changed the dynamic overnight. Because we made what was important, important again. And you'd think we would have learned it earlier, but we didn't. We have to keep learning this from time and time again. And like I say, like they said with the board meeting, we start every board meeting that way. We sit down and say, okay, everybody's going to pray. Because it's pretty hard to pray for everybody and to pray for God's leading and pray for God's direction and then sit down and go down. Here's my agenda for tonight. You know, prayer is an important part. And, and honestly, some of you are struggling in your families. You know why? Prayer's not a part of it. Prayer's not a part of it. It needs to be. And it needs to continue to be a strong part of this ministry. And the last thing is communion. He talks about it there, the breaking of bread. When I came here, as some of them alluded to, I wanted to change a lot of stuff. This thing was the hokiest thing I had ever seen in my life. (coughs) I came from Big City Church. So I had a lot of ideas about how we ought to do the music. I had a lot of ideas about how we ought to do the Service. I had a whole lot of ideas about things that needed to be changed. 
I don't like this idea of just anybody standing up doing something. I don't like this idea of people not being prepared. I mean, I, I came from a theater background, professional, on time, watch the clock, boop, 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 boop. You know, the, you know the drill. And I came into this thing looking at this thing going, this is crazy. This thing could be so much more professional. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I heard it. I don't know what happened, but it, it was a God thing, I think. I made a commitment to God that I would not change anything for one year. And for one year, I would sit and watch and learn before I made any changes. And you've got to realize, in pastor world, that's like the worst thing to do. Because they'll tell you in, in, in school, your first year is the honeymoon period where you can get away with just about anything. That's where you, that's where you, that's where you make all your changes. Because after that year, you've lost it. And I, and I gave it up, and I said, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit and watch. I'm going to learn. One of the things I wanted to change was communion. I thought it was crazy we did communion every week. Where I came from, once every three months was good enough. Communion, come on. You know, it takes time, you know, juice, expensive, you know, all, you know all the reasons. But again, I sat and learned. It drives me nuts to go to a church that doesn't end with communion every week. And it's funny because I actually got in a discussion with some of the board members about it early in the ministry, and I said, you know, and they said, tell me why we shouldn't do it. And I said, well, you know, it takes time. They said, so does preaching. <laughs> I said, well, it can get to be a ritual. And they said, so does preaching. I said, well, you know, you can just go through the motions. It's like a routine thing. I said, like preaching? And I started realizing it's about heart. And I started to realize every week, you know what we do? We stop and we end the service this way. We end the service by saying, you know what? We're going to take a few minutes here and we're going to focus on Christ and what he has done for us and why we're really here. And we're going to do this together. Because we all got different stuff going on. We all got different worlds that we're from. But the one thing we have in common is Christ. And we're all going to share it for one moment this week. And for one moment this week, we're going to stop and look at our own lives in relationship to the cross. And I came to figure out there is no better way to end a service and start a week than that. It has become something that is sacred to me now. And something I look forward to doing. And when I go to another church, when I visit someplace and I don't get to do it, I can't wait to get back here to do it with the people that I love and the people that love me. And I just want to challenge you this week. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, that is the most important thing for us. Don't miss that. Make sure you have that personal relationship. Make sure the Word of God is important. Don't just read it. Do it. Make sure you fellowship this week. If you've got to cut out, you've got to cut out. But don't walk out of here without setting up something to meet with somebody or texting somebody or doing something with somebody this week from this fellowship. Practice that. Pray this week. In a moment, if you're a believer, join with us as we come together for a few moments to focus on Christ, and our salvation and the unity that we have as the body of Christ 
and an opportunity to say, Lord, help me to live it this week in all I say and do. Let's pray. Lord, help us. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get wrapped up in this world. It's easy to get wrapped up in our stuff. But Lord, you have done so much for us. And Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. And Lord, you have given us your word. You have given us an opportunity to hear it, to practice it without persecution, to be able to worship, Lord, without fear of death. Lord, we've given so much. And Lord, just help us this week to live out your word for people to be able to see Christ in us. And Lord, may we walk close with you this week so that it could be said, not only of this church, but of our lives, that we continued steadfastly in your word, in fellowship, in prayer, and in communion. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Let's stand together and um, we're going to.